And so first and foremost, we have a heart what is primary in his heart. And that is, we have a heart for the harvest. In John chapter 4, Jesus said, now look, he says, don't say that there's so much time till the harvest comes. He says, take a look. The fields are already white unto harvest. In other words, the harvest is so bountiful. And he says, go out and become a fisher of men. You know, when you follow him, that's what he'll make you. And when you look at the ministry of Jesus, one thing that identifies him very clearly is compassion. The Bible says that he was moved with compassion. And he was out and about one day and he was ministering and he looked and he saw the harvest. And he said, oh my goodness, there is such a great harvest of people that have yet to hear the gospel, which is the good news. And he says, there's people that are, are, are out there wandering. They're like sheep without a shepherd. And he said, there's sick people, there's hurting people, there's emotionally drained people. And he was moved with compassion. And what he said, he said, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. Well, thank God we believe that God has raised up labors right here in the Bay Area. Not only in this church, but in great churches all across the Bay Area. We are laborers, glory to God, (coughs) to proclaim the good news and to tell of the goodness of God to people all around us. Amen. You know, there was a survey conducted years ago, and they found out that the best way to reach people and to bring them into a personal living relationship with Jesus Christ was not a good-looking pastor who can shuck the corn and preach good. It was not a beautiful building. But people were brought into relationship with Jesus Christ through a friend or a relative. Now let me just ask for a show of hands today. How many of you can say that a friend or a relative told you about Christ and they were the ones that were instrumental in helping you get into the kingdom of God? Look at around, saints. Look around. I mean, that's, that is about 80%. Now why do we spend our lives reaching people for Jesus? We do this because He loves them. And because they matter to him. And they are precious to him. And because they matter to him. And they are precious to him. They matter to us. Because you see the same love that compelled God to give his only begotten son. Is on the inside of you. And it's on the inside of me. And it is the love of Christ that compels us to reach. It is the love of Christ that compels us to give a word to the weary when they're down and out. And to lift them up and let the love of God and the gospel of Christ change their lives. Come on, somebody. What's our message? Our message is, you know what? God's not mad at you. For all have sinned. And every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. 
And our message to the world and to those that are around us is to tell them that God was personally present in Christ. Reconciling the world to favor with himself. Not imputing their sins unto them. And he has committed to you and he has committed to me the word of reconciliation. And that word of reconciliation is, hey, God loves you. If you'll just come to the cross and believe and confess, you can be saved. We're not out there to beat up the sinner. They're beat up enough. They're hung over today. They've got drug habits. They're so full of the devil, they don't need to be reminded. What they need to be reminded is of the love of God. And we should not be beating people into the kingdom of God like this guy does. Roll it. Here at the National Institute for Student Ministries, we've discovered a new method of evangelism that is shaking the very foundation of our thinking. It may appear unorthodox, but frankly, we're shocked with the results. We're amazed at this revolutionary idea, especially designed to boost student evangelism. Why did I want to be the evangelism linebacker? Well, let me put it to you like this. Yeah, baby! Next time I'm going to hit you so hard, you're going to flight. NASA's going to think I didn't launch a satellite. You see, as a fish was created to swim in water, as a bird was created to fly, I was created to knock people out who don't evangelize. The evangelism linebacker deals directly with a variety of students' fears associated with sharing their faith. All right, it's all you. This house has got your name on it. I'm not ready yet. What makes you think I'm ready, though? Fear of rejection, for example. Let me talk to you about fear. Fourth and one, Jerry Rice, what you gonna do? That don't compare to fourth and one in eternity. It doesn't matter who rejects us because we're always accepted by Christ. God loves you. Get off the flow and go door to door. Can we talk to you for a minute? I'm a lover, not a fighter, baby. He loves you, but it might hurt. Sometimes I'll blow you up, but it's because I love you. Yeah, but just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I need to be out sharing my faith. I mean, ah! Don't you run from me! You can't escape my class! Declare and throw you in the trash! Thanks to the evangelism linebacker, campus evangelism nationwide is up 87%. Hey, I can't go to the outreach today. I got, I just got some more important things I got to do. Uh-huh. Hey, man, give me a break. I went to church on Sunday. I got to go. Selfishness? The world needs a message. For God to love the world, he wants to communicate it through you. If you procrastinate, you will open up the gate to a beatdown. Give me that phone, boy. When I see selfishness, it is my job to blow them up. That's what I do. I blow them up so that they can get their eyes off of self and look at Christ, the prize. What's up, baby girl? Nah, I'm busy. We're intrigued as the linebacker is particularly effective in infiltrating centers of cultural and intellectual exchange. Here you go. Here's your double cappuccino latte mocha with a twist. Not too hot, not too cold. Perfect for you. Anyway, man, did you hear that talk from that guy the other night? Oh, I know. Like we were supposed to be sharing our faith in our coffee shop. Whoa! Whoa! Shut out in a 
coffee shop, baby! You next! It's unlikely that the recent decline in coffee sales has anything to do with our program. Pride comes before the fall. That's Old Testament. Old Testament, you know this. Thanks for the coffee, Darren. Hey, you're welcome. Have a nice day. Yo, mama raised you better than this boy. Don't let me blow you up no more. You see, I think it's fitting because when people have pride, if they're too prideful to share their faith, what I do is I knocks the pride out of them. What I would like to communicate to my brothers and sisters is this. When you least expect it, around the corner, perhaps even under your bed, I can be in a phone wire. I can be everywhere and just know that I'm always watching. Ready to lay the boom on you, baby. Booyah! Ouch. Are you ready for game day? That's not how to do it. If you want to repel people, be like that guy. But an ambassador very basically is this. And you and I are ambassadors. Say it with me real strong. I am, I am an, ambassador. an ambassador. Now, what is an ambassador? An ambassador is a diplomatic minister of the highest order. Representing their country. To go to other nations and represent their homeland. Our citizenship is in heaven. That's our homeland. We're here on earth for a very brief period of time. And what we are to do as ambassadors is we are to reflect the words, the thoughts, the attitudes, and the actions of the nation that we represent. And number one, the kingdom of God is about the love of God. And so I'm asking every one of you in these days, these days of harvest, these days of prayer and fasting, to be thinking about and praying about the people that you come in contact with. You know, you're not all going to be able to go out on the street and be a confrontational minister. And that's one form of evangelism where, you know, you go up to a person and ask them if they've heard the good news. But... Every one of you have someone within the sphere of your influence that you can invite to church. Every one of you have a testimony. Anybody ever been through a test? Have you made it to the other side of that test? Well, then you got a testimony. Anybody here once lost? Now you're saved? You were blind? But now you see? Just tell your story. Just tell your story and let Jesus, the Lord of the harvest, minister to people's lives. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Man, how many of you are ready for the word today? Glory to God. Sermon number two. And I don't apologize for it. I am ready. I am ready, ready. I'm really ready. How many of you are ready? We're going to go ahead and dismiss the junior high at this time. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 6, 33. And then uh, look over at St. John chapter 14. And verse 21 through 23. 
We're going to be switching gears a little bit. We're still in our series on the kingdom of God. What I want to talk to you about, and however long it takes, I'm not talking about today. But I want to talk to you about kingdom glory and reverence. Kingdom glory and reverence. In Matthew 6.33, the master said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, if something else is first in your life, where is God in your life? If your family is first, God is not first. And you know I'm a family man and I'm advocating strong relationships within the family. But I believe that if you will seek God first, your family, glory to God, will be well taken care of. Because in putting his things first and his kingdom first, he will never have you leave or forsake la familia. But he will give you wisdom and he will show you how to be a better mom. He will show you how to be a better father, a better husband, a better wife. Through wisdom, the Bible says that the home or the house is built. If you will seek first the kingdom of God, his way of being and doing right then your financial situation will be all right. It's not always easy, but if you will follow after his plan, his plan will always intersect you with his provision. You see, Abraham had to get out of his current surroundings in order for God to do in his life what he wanted to do in his life. Perhaps he had to change his environment and his old way of thinking and maybe even some influences around him. But Abraham got on the right path. And when God said, I want you to take Isaac, your son... And I want you to go to the mountain and I want you to offer him up to me. Abraham did so without delay. He obeyed without delay. And when it came to the point where he was about to take Isaac's life, his only son, in whom the seed was to be perpetuated, that a ram came out of a thicket. And the name of that place was known as Jehovah Yireh. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord who provides. Literally in the Hebrew, it is the, the, it shall be seen. Provision. Vision has to do with seen. Pro means before. God saw before what Abraham was going to need and he made the provision ahead of time. And when you walk up the mountain of your life and you make a sacrificial gift unto the Lord with everything that you have, with your affections and the entirety of your life, the one who sees before will make provision for you. 
My God always puts a ram in the thicket for me. My God always puts a ram in the thicket for those that will seek first his kingdom. And then he says, and all these things shall be added unto you. The problem we have as Christians, oftentimes we add things to ourselves. And that's why credit card debt is sky high in the United States of America. We see these things that we want so desperately and we go beyond where we are at in faith. And we go beyond our means and charge things to the limit and beyond the limit. And then we wonder, where is God? God was there all the time. God was there trying to tug your heart, telling you no. But you see, human nature is just go ahead. God will take care of it. That is not faith. That is a perversion of faith. Well, that's not the subject today, but it'll still preach. When you follow the plan of the Lord and seek first his kingdom, you will not have to add things to yourself. Now, if you've been guilty of adding things to yourself, repent and ask for mercy. And if you can help it, stay out of bankruptcy. Because I believe that the mercy of God is greater than bankruptcy. Don't you get under condemnation? If you filed bankruptcy, God still loves you. But I believe this, that he will make a way where then in the natural realm there is no way. And I believe that all of us should do our very best to meet our obligations. I just felt kind of like a waning in the spirit there. Seek first. Turn me to John chapter 14. It's enough of that. John chapter 14. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for bringing every one of us into a greater dimension of your presence. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord God, for your grace to move on higher and to move deeper into a greater dimension of walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, and living and maintaining the Spirit-filled life. Oh, go ahead and pray just for a moment. Oh, Father, may it be so. Our heart cry, Lord God, today is fill us with all the fullness of God. Our heart cry today, Master, is we do not just want church as usual. We do not just want a common life that is a nine to five and going through the motions of life and just coasting toward retirement. Lord, we know there's more to life than that. Help us, Lord. Help this pastor. Help these people. All of us. To move, Lord, from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
Look at John chapter 14 now, verse 21. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself unto him. Now notice this. In the Amplified, he says, I will love him. I will show, I will reveal, I will manifest myself to him. And I will let myself be clearly seen by him. And I will make myself real to him. Don't you want that? Verse 22. And Judah said, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself unto us and not the world? And Jesus answered and said, if a man love me, so he's reiterating it, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and we will make our abode with him. The last portion of that verse and another version says, my father will love him. We will come to him and make our home, our abode, our special dwelling place with him. Don't you want that? I want God manifesting himself to me. I want him manifesting himself through me. The qualification for that is I must love him. We must love him. And we're not talking just about lip service. But to love him means to be totally committed to Or to totally give yourself over to Him. When Brenda and I said, I do, in 1977, we committed ourselves to one another. And she has been a wonderful, wonderful wife. Not just because she has said it, but because she's done it. And I think that if we ask everybody in this congregation this morning, do you love God? Yes, I do. But how are we going to show Him that we love Him? We are to be committed to Him. We are to give ourselves totally over to Him. For we are not our own. And our life is hid with Jesus Christ in God. Your body is not your own. Your spirit is not your own. You're bought and paid for. You are bought with a price. If he is your Lord, love him with all of your soul, with all of your heart, with all of your strength. You see, many people give themselves over to a cause. I was recently back in Minneapolis and I had lunch with my niece Sheila and she's a wonderful girl and she has beautiful twins and she's just got a wonderful family a beautiful home in the suburbs of Minneapolis her husband's a radiologist he's a doctor they got plenty of money but she has given herself completely over to politics and I don't mind being political I'm just not that way I'm not going to let a party take me over. I'm not going to be so obsessed with what is going on in this nation 
and what is wrong with this nation, then I forget about what's right with this nation and how the God of nations can change this nation. I hope Sheila doesn't hear this tape. But many people give themselves over to people, material possessions. Oh man, if I just had a Mercedes, if I just had the kind of suits that that person has, because you know, after all, clothes makes the man. I beg your pardon, where's that in the B-I-B-L-E? Clothes don't make the man. Clothes don't make the woman. You can be a loser in Prada. Never mind. Many people give themselves completely and entirely over to their careers. Brenda and I were talking on the way to church today. Yeah, we talk. We don't talk about you. We talk to the Lord about you. (laughs) But, you know, I just wonder how many people are out of church today because their kids have soccer games. I wonder how many people have sold their soul to the company store. And I said something kind of funny. Well, soccer is the Europeans' fault. Because soccer originated in Europe. And it's a plot of the Europeans. Everyone say not. But being given over. Overly committed to certain things. The world calls this kind of devotion as being addicted. I won't ask for a show of hands. But many of you have been addicted to foreign substances. But God wants us to be addicted to Him. I just can't do without His presence. I've been in the presence of God before. And three points and a poem from the Reader's Digest... It just doesn't do it for Mark Thomas. I've seen the real before. I've seen the manifestation of the Holy Ghost before. And worked up flesh don't get it for me. Work in a crowd. From an emotional point of view. And being able to make people cry doesn't get it for me. That is spiritual manipulation. Now, if the Holy Spirit's in something and people cry as a result of that, or if the Holy Spirit is in something and people are laughing and rejoicing and running and shouting, well then, let's have that. I said, well then, let, come on now, let, 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 let's have that. Let, let, let's have the real McCoy. 
how do I show him that I love him? I obey his word. I obey his will. I get to a point in my life where I say, Lord God, not my will, but your will be done. Has anybody here ever had to die to their agenda? It's a good thing. Because once you turn your will over to his will and you die to your agenda, then his plan can be downloaded in your heart. And that's when life really begins. That's when life really becomes fun. When you look forward to getting up in the morning because you're in the plan of God. Because you are in the will of God. To love God and to show Him that I love Him, I must trust Him and trust His power. Listen to very carefully. And His ability to perform His Word. Not in my ability, but in the ability in which He gives. And oh, He'll give it to you. Turn me now to John chapter 11. Verse 39 through 44. Say this, Lord, I love you. And I turn my will over to the will of the Father. John chapter 11. And I'm going to begin at uh, verse 39. This is the story of Lazarus who had died and Jesus was going to go raise him from the dead. And in verse 39, Jesus said, Take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. For he has been dead four days. But Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto you, That if you would believe, that if you would believe, that you would see the glory of the Lord. Notice with me now, the glory and believing are connected. What if they didn't believe? Would Lazarus been raised from the dead? I don't know. But it would not have been on their part. They had a part to play. You have a part to play. For the glory of the Lord to be seen and to be revealed in this day and in this hour. Say it with me. I believe. I believe. To see the glory of the Lord. No, but this time people get kind of natural and they get kind of carnal and they start looking for clouds. And they start looking for the Shekinah. And if you've seen the Shekinah, you want to see it again. Because the Shekinah glory of God is bright. And the Shekinah glory of God feels good. But I want to appeal to you this morning that the purpose For the glory is not just to sense Him. And the purpose of the glory is not just to feel His power. 
and to be saturated with his goodness. That's part of it. And I'll have it. I'll receive it. How about you? But I believe this with all of my heart. That when Lazarus was raised from the dead, the very fact that he was raised was a manifestation of glory. When people are healed in our midst, when you lay hands on the sick in the hospital, when you become a conduit of God's anointing and you see a situation that was absolutely impossible turned around, that's the glory. When you came into the kingdom of God, you came broken, you came downtrodden, you came depressed, you came filled with the devil, filled with darkness. But in that moment when you received the king of glory, the king of glory came into your heart and removed darkness and removed depression and brought you into his family. Oh, that's the glory. Listen, friend, if someone gets saved today and gets born again, that's a manifestation of glory. In March of 1975, I was at that altar full of the devil. But I didn't stay full of the devil. I opened up my heart and the king of glory came in. And you can do the same thing. How about a promotion on a job? That's the goodness of God. That's the glory of God. You're going to be hearing testimonies over these next couple of months of what God's done in people's lives. Remember we've preached on the double? And we have prophesied and we have said that double's doable? Well, double is doable. And when a person receives a promotion on a job, when a person receives an increase of pay, that's the glory. And God should be getting glory for that. And Jesus said, if you believe that you will see the glory of the Lord. Say this with me. Faith Faith comes by hearing. hearing. And hearing hearing. by the Word of God. God. So if faith has something to do and much to do with the manifestation of His glory, then we need to hear about it. It needs to be taught. It needs to be preached. It needs to be demonstrated. I believe this with all my heart. Days of glory are here. Days of glory are on us. I said days of glory are on us. And I believe that there's going to come such a saturation of a visitation of the glory of God that churches like this and churches like this around the world are going to turn from a place of visitation to a place of habitation. Where God doesn't just show up in different seasons, but God just shows up and makes His abode with us. I said where He just shows up and makes His abode with us. To where there is a tangible presence in the very place That people come to worship. That there is a very tangible presence of the glory of God in the carpet. 
I can remember looking at Marina High School when we left there in 1989. And I can remember moving the chairs out that last Sunday night that we had church there. And I just had to stay for a moment and look at the house that we worship God in for about five years. And I thought to myself, thank you, Lord. And I had to look at our other property at 20450 Royal Avenue. And that 12,100 square foot sanctuary that we had over there. And I thought about all the years of the Word and the Spirit and the different meetings and the different prophets and the different things that were spoken there. And I stood in amazement at what God had done. And I thought, you know what? There's a tangible presence, even though that we left, that was still there. I believe there's a residue of the anointing. And when that other church came in, I believe that they picked up right on it. I believe with all of my heart, I'm serious about this, that the very seat you sit in is filled with the glory. I I believe with all my heart that the very carpet is going to be saturated with the goodness of God. And the glory of God. We're not just going from days of revival and having a visitation every now and then. We're moving into habitation. I said we're moving into habitation. To when people walk in here, they were sick, but now they're healed. And no one laid laid their hands on them. When people walked in here with migraine headaches, all of a sudden the migraines were gone. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, thank you. Oh, for the glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo! I said, Woo! <laughs> the singing's going to get more anointed the further we go. The preaching is going to get more anointed. And not only that, but your receiving is going to get more anointed. We got any candidates for that today? So faith comes by what? And hearing by the word of God. See, I would not be a good preacher unless I preach this. Days of glory are here. Now let's look at a few scriptures today. Numbers 14.21 says, But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be what? Shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Who's speaking there? God. He says, as truly as I live. Then turn to Psalm 72, verse 18 and 19. Psalm 72, verse 18 and 19. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wonderful things. Psalm 72, verse 19 says, And blessed be His glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with His glory 
Amen and amen. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Say it. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And let my whole life be filled with your glory. Amen and amen. And let my attitudes be filled with your glory. Amen and amen. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. Let my attitudes, let my thoughts be filled with your glory. Now go to Habakkuk chapter 2. Let's look at verse 4. Mm. Hallelujah. Give him access into your life. Give him place. Give him the glory and the respect that is due him. And as you give him access by invitation and by seeing to it that the very environment around you is conducive to him, then he will manifest himself to you. He will reveal himself to you. And he will turn that which you've been unable to turn in your own strength. He will turn it around for you. Things that you have been puzzled and bewildered about shall melt in his presence. And the glory of the Lord shall bring clarity to your soul. And enable you to make decisions with accuracy and conciseness. For it is and does come by the Spirit of the living God. Let's raise our hands and thank Him. For the word of the Lord has said unto all, Neither give place to the devil. Now I say unto you, Give place unto me. Give place unto me with your time. Give place unto me in your dwelling place. Oh, and I will make my abode right there in your midst. Hallelujah. Go ahead and just pray just a little bit. Oh, we thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Do not resist the inner promptings. Do not override your time with me. 
For I stand at the door and I'm knocking. I want to spend time with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to sup with you. Oh, stop at that moment. As surely as you sense the promptings and open up the book. And I'll speak to you through the book. I'll speak to you through my word. And open up your heart. And begin to talk to me. And worship me. And thank me. And oh, secret things shall be revealed unto thee. Oh, thank you, Lord. I've said in my word that those things that are secret belong unto me. But I have chosen you and ordained you to hear those things that you've not heard heretofore. For I reveal things that are intimate to my friends. And you are my friends, says the Lord, if you will give place to me. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord's speaking to us. The Lord's speaking to our hearts. Now, in thanksgiving to him for doing so, lift up your hands and thank you. I'm going to give place to him. Neither give place to the devil. And there has been too much time spent in the trivial things of this life. There are those that would say, but oh Lord, I have no time. I have no time. Yea, saith the Lord, stop being deceived by that lie and by that excuse. It does come straight from the author of deception. You have more time than you realize. You have more time than you know. So away with the excuses and away with the deception and just simply open up your heart and you will see that I will multiply your time. Give your life to me as a seed. And I will multiply the seed sown over and over and over again. For yea, saith the Lord, with me and in me there is no time. And I can cause your days to be so enlarged with my presence and redeem the time for you. And I will cause you, glory to God, to be blessed. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Raise your hands and thank you. Oh, brande gesa ka ha ha ha. Andele goshle fanka de e. No si predele. Pasile congala. Now there's no doubt, and this is me speaking, there is no doubt that was me speaking by the Spirit. But there is no doubt, there is absolutely no doubt that life is filled with distractions. But I want to remind you, you do not have to yield to those things that have distracted you in the past. Just think about how much time you've spent worrying and calculating and figuring 
and just trying to work it out. <laughs> Lay that aside. That's what the Lord's saying. Lay all that aside. And sit at my feet and there abide. And just like Mary of old, she seated herself at my feet and partook of the one thing that is needful. It is needful for me and it is needful for you to sit at his feet. It is needful for me and is needful for you to fellowship with him. So away with the syndrome of Martha. Who was troubled and full of care about many things. Yea, roll them over on the Lord. For I care for you. And my eye is on you. And I do not want you to miss out on what I am doing and will be doing very, very soon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. Are you getting this today? For the earth shall be filled. Now listen to this. This is good news. The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now listen to this. The Bay Area shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. Those in San Jose who go to their local glory station, they'll be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Those that are in San Francisco, when they go to their local filling station, their glory station, they'll see the glory of the Lord. And they'll take the glory of God and run with it. And the whole Bay Area shall be buzzing The whole Bay Area shall be buzzing. Not about pennant races. Not about Stanley Cup playoffs. Not about the Raiders. But the whole Bay Area shall be a... Glory to God. Be buzzing about the goodness of God. And about the glory of God. Did you hear what God did over here? Did you hear what God did on the streets of Oakland? See, what I'm talking about cannot be put just in the local church. This is going to spread. It's going to spread. It's going to spread. It's going to spread through you. All right, Isaiah 40, verse 5. Isaiah 40, verse 5. We'll get this introduced today, okay? We're talking about kingdom glory and kingdom reverence. Everyone say it. With me, kingdom glory glory. and kingdom reverence. reverence. Isaiah 40, verse 5. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. Why? For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now get this. You are his mouthpiece in the earth. 
So get this in your heart and get this on your lips that the glory of the Lord is being revealed in my church. The glory of the Lord is being revealed in my life. The glory of the Lord is manifesting all around me. Now here's the thought that I want to impart to you today and that is this, is we must prepare ourselves for a greater degree of His presence. Now if we're talking about glory and we're declaring that faith comes by by hearing hearing by the word of God and that we need to believe for the manifestation it looks like to me we know we need to know what the glory is so let me define it for you the word glory in the bible if you look it up in various translations if you look it up in strong's concordance if you have a good greek concordance and a good hebrew concordance you will discover that the word glory means this it means to be heavy. One person defined it as this. The word glory means to be heavy with everything good. Heavy or weighty, something of great value is heavy. Something that carries with it a great degree of weight is what the glory is. The Hebrew word is C-H-A-B-O-D, Chabad, and it takes several English words to describe it. Are you ready? Listen. It means heavy, weighty, splendor, richness, brightness, greatness. The word glory means wealth. God's bringing us into a what place? God's bringing us into a what? A wealthy place. A wealthy place is not just a place where there's money. A wealthy place is a place where His presence takes over. He's bringing you, He's bringing me into a wealthy place. A wealthy place is a healthy place. A wealthy place is a happy place. Glory to God. If I had time to preach what I preached Wednesday night, I'd preach it again. But the bottom line is you and I, we've been through some stuff. We've been through some things. But God! But God! But God! Oh my. We've been through hell. We've been through high water. But God saw you in your situation. And he said, I've seen a people that will not draw back. I've seen a people that will stand eyeball to eyeball with the devil and declare, thus saith the Lord. And as a result, he will honor you by bringing you into a place of rich fulfillment, into a wealthy place, we could say it like this, into a glory place. Glory to God. Let's just stop right there. Let's stand up and thank Him for His goodness today. Oh, hallelujah. Get this in your heart now, saints. Don't miss. 
Don't miss because we're going to we're going to tie in. We're going to we're going to tie this together by the spirit. Listen friends, greater glory, greater presence being brought into a wealthy place requires a greater reverence on our part. Raise both your hands right now and say, "Lord, I just want to thank you for speaking to our hearts today. I just want to praise you for your manifest presence and revealing yourself unto me. Thank you, Lord, for bringing our church, for bringing every one of us into a place of rich fulfillment, into a wealthy place, into the place of glory where you make our abode with, you, with us. And I confess today that Jesus Christ is my Lord and is my Savior. I believe it with all my heart. And I declare it with my mouth that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again from the dead. And I declare publicly among everyone that Jesus Christ is my Lord and is my Savior. Amen and amen. Get happy about that. Amen.